and also Luke chapter 11. We'll read them both. They're very similar. And again, you'll recognize this right away is what is commonly called the Lord's Prayer. But truthfully, it's really the disciples' prayer. And uh, it's interesting, I was just doing a little bit of study as I was going through this, and <clears throat> somebody said that the Lord, obviously he's illustrating what prayer is here, he's, his disciples had asked him, that's uh, where we get the title of our lesson series from, is in Luke 11, uh, Teach Us to Pray, but uh, he mentioned uh, that one of the commentators, old H.A. Ironside, is a great, great old Plymouth Brethren preacher, and uh, he said the Lord Jesus could never have prayed this prayer. You say, well, that's kind of strange. Well, because it says, forgive us our debts. And Jesus didn't have anything to forgive. Amen? He was perfect. He was sinless. Amen? So obviously, he's giving uh, the disciples this rest. So stand with me, if you would. We'll read Matthew chapter 6, verses 9 uh, through 13, and then we'll go over to Luke chapter 11, verses 1 through 4. And again, they're parallel passages, but Good to read them both today. So I'll read the odd verses in Matthew, <clears throat> and then you read the even-numbered verses with me through verse 13. And uh, so we'll begin in verse 9 down through verse 13. After this manner, therefore, pray ye, our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Jump over to Luke chapter 11. We're going to be staying mostly in Matthew, but I want to read both of them here. And we'll read verses 1 uh, through 4 here. And again, let's read responsibly. I'll read the odds. You read the evens. And it came to pass that... As he was praying in a certain place, when he ceased, one of his disciples said unto him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John also taught his disciples. And he said unto them, When ye pray, say, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come. Thy will be done, as in heaven, so in earth. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone that is indebted to us, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. May God add His blessing to the reading of His Word. You may be seated. So, last week, we looked at Matthew chapter. 6 verses 5 through 8, and we looked at the experience of prayer. We looked at really the practical components of prayer, and we talked about how prayer must be prioritized when ye pray. Not if you pray, when ye pray. And then we talked about how prayer must be pure. We're not to be as the hypocrites. Prayer must be private. We're to enter into that closet and shut the door and talk to our Father in secret. And then prayer must be personal. It's not supposed to be vain repetitions. Uh, uh, you know, our Father knows our needs. And so that brings us to what we call uh, this model prayer. or the, It is, you know, many times referred to as the Lord's Prayer. And let's look at some simple truths about the Lord's Prayer in just the 10 minutes uh, that we have left here tonight. 
Uh, prayer is rooted in relationship with God. So as he gives this model prayer here, he gives, and again, you have all the answers if you have a sheet here. I hope you do. Uh, notice the people that are to pray. As Jesus, as his disciples in Luke said, hey, teach us to pray. He said, okay, when you pray, pray our Father. And, you know, as we know in this church, uh, we do not believe in the universal fatherhood of God and the universal brotherhood of man. And that is when people say, well, we're all God's children. No, no. The Bible teaches us that ye are all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus, according to Galatians 3.26. And Jesus said to the Pharisees, you are of your father the devil. So God is not everybody's father. So our prayers to God is rooted in the fact that we are his children. Forgive me, fathers, your children can ask you for things. And all God's people said. Your children can, can ask. And so it's rooted in relationship. It's also uh, rooted, in, we have the people, but then we have the person. Who are we praying to? We're praying to our Father. Our Heavenly Father. Aren't you glad that you... Listen, I, I, know, I, know, I know how sinful I am. I was writing a devotional to one of my sons today, and I said, son, don't ever forget that you're just a sinner saved by grace. You know, I like the fact that Paul said, Brother Jim, I'm the chief of sinners. Now, that's the best Christian that ever wore shoe leather. And he said, I'm the chief of sinners. And yet, once we get saved, we have access to a heavenly Father. You don't have to be perfect to pray. We talked about things that can hinder our prayers a couple weeks back, amen? You can get those out of the way, and then you can come to your Father. So there's prayers rooted in relationship with God. There's the people, there's the person, and then there's the perspective. Our Father, which is where? In heaven. You know what? Your prayers... You're right, when, when you're right with God and, and you come, your prayers go to the Father which is in heaven. Boy, that's some kind of perspective right there, isn't it? You know what that tells me? I have access to the very throne of heaven when I pray. And it's all rooted in my relationship with God. So he starts off there, our Father which art in heaven. And then not only do we see prayer is rooted in relationship with God, but prayer is rooted in reverence for God. What does he say there in verses 9 and 10? He says, Hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, in earth as it is in heaven. So prayer, we see prayer here is rooted in reverence for God. We see, first of all, the fear of God. And we've talked about this over and over and over, ladies and gentlemen. May it not get old. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Amen. The fear of the Lord is to hate evil. That God, the God that created everything by the word of his power is to be feared. That word hallowed, holy, set apart. He's not like anybody else. Amen. He's almighty God. So we see the fear of God. But then we see the name of God. 
You know, it's interesting when the scribes of the Old Testament would come and they were writing the words. They were penning the words of God. And they would come to that word Jehovah. It's, when you look at it in your old King James Bible, it's that word capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D, Lord, Jehovah, the proper name of God. I'm told that they stopped, that they bathed, and that they took out a new pen, Brother Stark, that had never been used as they wrote that word. Hallowed be thy name. Amen? The, but don't, don't forget, the name of God is the third commandment. Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. He said, when you, when you pray, make sure in reverence you have the fear of God. Make sure you reverence the name of God. Hey, you know what? That name of Jesus... Thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. There's none other name given under heaven among men whereby we must be saved, Acts 4.12 says. And you know what? At the mention of that name, every knee is going to bow and every tongue is going to confess. Hey, when we pray, we ought not to be flippant with God's name. There ought to be a holy reverence. The fear of God, the name of God, the kingdom of God. Thy kingdom come. I don't know about you, Brother Hauser, but I'm looking forward to when the Lord returns. And he's going to set up his kingdom. Amen? That's a good prayer to pray. Lord, thy kingdom come. Lord, come quickly. Amen? Come soon. The kingdom of God. Thy kingdom come. It's rooted in a reverence. And then not only the kingdom of God and the name of God and the fear of God, but the will of God. Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. But you know what? As Christians, we, we ought to be the tip of the sword for the will of God. Not my will, but thine be done. And by the way, as a matter of prayer, not the things that I want, but Lord, thy will be done. I've mentioned it before, and you know, it, it's, it's difficult, but... Even in my wife's cancer, it's, it's been, you know, listen, I think you, you guys are all this way and I'm this way too. We just want Miss Carrie healed. That's all. But how about thy will be done? And I know that's easy preaching and hard living, but I'm living it right now too. Thy will be done. There's a reverence for God. My Heavenly Father knows that I have needs. My Heavenly Father knows my wife's body way better than I do, way better than she does, way better than the oncologists do. Thy will be done. So prayer is rooted in relationship with God, our Father which art in heaven. Prayer is rooted in reverence for God. Hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. But then prayer is rooted in the resources of God. I like this. So here we, we kind of get into the petitions of, of prayer, right? I mean, before we have the reverence for God and our relationship with God, but here we're getting to the asking, kind of, if we could put it that way. And what does he say there in verse 11? 
He said, prayer is rooted in the resources of God, first of all, in his provision. We can say to him, God, give us this day our daily bread. Provide for my needs today, God. You know, the, the wonderful thing is you can pray that and know that God has unlimited resources. Later on in this chapter, he's going to tell us about the fowls of the air, isn't he? Remember them? They don't, they don't gather into barns. Amen? And yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. How much better are ye than they, he said, O ye of little faith. So his provision, it's rooted in his resources. But I love this next part. His pardon is rooted in his resources. Remember when Jesus healed, or I should say, uh, the, they, the man that was born of four in Mark chapter 2, he, they, they, they couldn't get to Jesus, so they broke up the roof, and then they, they lowered this guy down by rope in his bed, and, and Jesus said, Son, thy son, thy sins be forgiven thee. And the Pharisees had a little huddle, Miss Kim, and they said, Well, who's this guy? I think he forgives sins. And remember what Jesus did? He said, well, that you may know that the Son of Power, or the Son of Man hath power on earth. Whether it be easier to say, take up your bed and walk, or to forgive your sins, he said, go ahead and take up your bed. And he got up and walked. See, what was that? Jesus was saying this, I have the authority to forgive sins. You listen to me. God has the resources to forgive your sins. He has made provision so that your sins and my sins could be forgiven. There's pardon. Thank God for the resource of his pardon. Without that, we don't have anything else. Because that's what we need most of all. But then, by the way, not only, I mean, I just have this in here. We have his pardon. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Don't forget about that part. Lord, I need your forgiveness. And you know what God says? Well, what about that person you won't forgive? He amplified that in Ephesians 4.32 when he said, Be kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. So prayer is rooted in the resources of God, his provision, his pardon, and then his protection. Lead us not into temptation, deliver us from evil. Can God do that? Can God protect you from evil? You bet he can. But by the way, he tells us to ask. God, help me not to walk into temptation today. My friend Fred Robles, I remember when he said it years ago, he said, when temptation comes knocking, don't open the door and don't leave a forwarding address. And that's saying, God, help you keep me from temptation because I know me. And you know what we do? We make provision for the flesh. That's why God said not to. And then lastly, prayer is rooted in relationship with God. Prayer's rooted in reverence for God. Prayer's rooted in the resources of God. Prayer's rooted in the realization of God. You say, what is this? This is that beautiful doxology at the end of verse 13. It's only in Matthew. It's not in Luke. What does it say there? Thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. What's that? This is praise. This is praise to our God. 
Praise for his resources. Praise uh, for his reverence. Praise for our relationship with him. Praise in the realization of his indestructible kingdom, the realization of his incomparable power, and the realization of his infinite glory or honor. He alone is worthy. And you know what? He's the one we pray to. Forgive me if I could put it this way so bluntly, so plainly. He's the one that can do something about it. All power. Amen. Thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Katia and I had lunch today. She said, Dad, will you take me to Sam's Club? I said, sure. She said, I was going to ask you to take, some, take me somewhere else, but I knew that was cheap. Isn't she a blessing, Miss Kim? Amen. By the way, she's right. Amen. Not going to McDonald's for 25 bucks for the two of us, amen. And she said, Dad, what's your favorite scripture song? And uh, she thought I was going to, you know, say one of the kids' songs or whatever. And I said, my favorite scripture song is the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I I just love the end. I love the crescendo of that song, Miss Judy, at the end. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. You know what we could say with that? Amen. Amen. What does it mean? So be it. What a prayer. Lord, we love you. Thank you for your goodness.